This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. is your host, Darren Hood. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time to join me on today. And as always, a very special welcome to those of you who are listening to the podcast for the very first time. We are currently going through a series entitled Demystifying the World of UX Mentoring. And in this series, because mentoring is so hot and a lot of people are getting involved either as a mentor or a mentee, it hit me that it would be beneficial to the U.S. community at large to share some insights about mentoring because why get involved with something if we don't understand it, whether you are a mentor or a mentee? I venture to say a lot of people do not understand the world of mentoring today. So we want to at least give some information to provide people with the ability to engage in critical thinking and in so doing, There should be more successful mentor-mentee relationships out there. We can pretty much (laughs) uh, uh, sort of strip the power away from some of these mentor-mentee relationships that really are not fruitful and aren't benefiting anybody and are creating problems. I'm sure if you're a mentor, you want to do things the right way. I I would hope that you would like to do things the right way. But definitely if you are a beneficiary, if you are a a mentee, it is absolutely critical that that you engage the right way because you got involved with a mentor-mentee relationship because you were looking to vault yourself forward. I am here to let folks know if you do not approach the mentor-mentee dynamic the right way, it can indeed set you back. And we don't want to see that happen with you today. So we are, as always, seeking to empower and to equip people by sharing those truths that a lot of people either don't know, don't want to say, or or just really trying to distance themselves from. We have a lot of people with ostrich effect. They see these things. They want to put their head in the ground. We need to embrace these things. We need to face them head on. And, And when we do that and identify where we are in the scheme of things and understand the excellence associated with the thing and then subscribe to that, then we're going to be in a good position. So that's what we're hoping to encourage people to do today. We're going to dive right in with the next aspect of this topic. Uh, I thought this was going to be a two-week thing and, oh, it just exploded. It it turned into something completely different from a length perspective, but I'm glad for that and and I hope that people are getting a lot out of it. I've heard from a few people already and well, I mean, really, I got to make sure the stuff is solid before we give it to you. So I'm just I'm just happy to hear from folks and people confirming that it's impacting you. But it is a doctoral mindset, which I am a doctoral candidate. And but I've been doing this for years. You if it's right, you can say it. If something isn't right or you don't know, don't say. So that's the standard rule. And so by operating in that manner, 
we optimize your ability, the listeners, to get information that will, if you're experienced, it will stir you up. It may bring some things back to your remembrance. It will encourage you. And people tell me and have been increasingly telling me, and I just been more and more and more feedback that I've been receiving, expressing gratitude for the things that we're doing. So I'm happy to know some people embrace it. I'm happy to 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 be understood that that's that's great <laughs> to be understood to be appreciated uh, and and so I I take that uh, I embrace it I say thank you and then we continue on we're we're not doing this for accolades we're not doing it to build a name for ourselves we're we're doing it because hey it's just, it's just the thing to do I I frequently talk about having a sense of indebtedness the discipline has been good to me and I want to help other people to ascend I want to help other people to succeed. So I've been able to to be in situations that have afforded me the ability to succeed. Why not others? And so I want to give people reliable and trustworthy things, not just just spewing things and saying things that are that are not really going to help anybody and are not not providing that that sharpness of vision and, and perspective that's needed to be successful. We want to give you things that will really stick to your cognitive ribs, if you will. So again, that's why we do what we do. And we're not trying to duplicate what anybody's doing out there. We're not going to duplicate what anybody's doing out there. I venture to say a lot of folks are not even talking about what we talk about on this show. So, uh, but that's it. Let's go ahead and dive in today to the next aspect of demystifying the world of UX mentoring. And last week I talked about the qualities you need if you're going to be a mentee. A lot of people step forward and they want to be a mentee. And and a lot of times the uh, people are not in a state of readiness mentally to really become a mentee. I mean, you can become ready later, but if you dive in and you don't have the characteristics or you have the ones I warned you about last week, then you're not really ready for a true mentor-mentee relationship today. You, you don't just opt into that and it happens. You have to make sure that you're in a certain state of mind and then things can go well. But let's say you do have the right mindset. Let's say you are ready. Well, you actually need now the mentor needs to be <laughs> have the right mindset. And so today we're going to talk to you about qualities and traits of a good UX mentor. If you're a person who's looking to be a mentor, you're curious about being a mentor or you're a mentee and you're wondering, well, because you got to approve your, your mentor eventually in some way, form or fashion. So why not have the information you need to be able to evaluate and judge them? Yes, I did say judge, which we're actually going to talk about here shortly, but you need to say, hey, this is the person I want to go with. Do you just go see any old doctor? No. Do you go see any old dentist? No. Do you go and take your car to be repaired at any old car repair shop? No. Do you go to any old grocery store? You might for a minute, but if you have certain experiences, you will stop going. This is a constant, no matter what what service exchange dynamic we engage in, in life, there has to be, if we're the people that are coming forward looking to be serviced, we're looking for a certain quality on the other end, and rightfully so. So as a mentee, you want good UX mentors. So here is a pretty lengthy list. We'll see how quickly we can get through this today. I don't want to go through it so fast that I don't address something. 
Uh, but the worst case scenario is I'm going to give you some food for thought that you can go. And, and and all the time, there's always more to be said. We're always time boxed in some way, form or fashion. So we're going to give you some things to at least think about and consider. And then you apply some critical thinking and you can build on what we're what we're sharing with you today. That adding on is always a good thing as long as it's done in a in a tactful and in a uh a manner that is dedicated to and reflective of critical thinking. And that's a good thing. That's what we want to do. And that's what we want to foster. So here we go. The first quality and trait of a good UX mentor that I want to share today is knowledgeable. He must be knowledgeable. A person who is a mentor must know, have some, some command of the domain where they seek to operate as a mentor, uh, which is interesting because today in UX, there are a lot of people claiming to be mentors. They don't have any knowledge. <laughs> they don't have a lot of things on this list, but they don't have the knowledge. They, they don't understand what they're addressing. They just want to be mentors. I have seen people less than three months telling everybody they're a mentor. I, there was a person that I experienced once on social media who was actually going around and talking to people like me to get information and then going it back and parroting it back to the communities that they built as if it was their own knowledge, their own wisdom, as if it was reflective of things they know. And and I've been doing this for 27 years and a lot of what I have, have shared are things that I learned over the course of my 27 years. I'm giving it to you so you'll have it at least at the surface level and then it's gonna be be bonded together with experience later to give it a, a bit more oomph, if you will. Uh, but people who have no experience, I mean, look at people when you see them presenting themselves as a mentor, presenting themselves as thought leaders, and then you look at their LinkedIn profile, you see that they don't have the experience that matches what they're talking about. You got somebody that's putting on a front, folks. They're, they're, they're not, and, and somebody might be laughing at this. This is happening way more than anybody wants to admit. And, and it is really sad that people are willing to put themselves out there and fabricate expertise. It, it's really sad. It's really popular, actually. And, and it is happening at epidemic levels. So the mentor must be knowledgeable. So please know and understand that. You want to be a mentor, you need to get some knowledge before you can do it. You need to get some skill. You need to get some acumen. If you're looking for a mentor and that person hasn't been around but three minutes, so to speak, a proverbial or metaphorical three minutes, meaning basically that they just got started, they don't have they they may have been exposed to UX longer than you, but it's only three minutes longer than you. How much do they really have to offer you? You you have options, you have more options. So I, I highly recommend that you avoid that that dynamic. I mean, do you think about when we were kids? I, I thought about this when I looked at this part of the topic. We had aspirations and dreams. Remember that? People would ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do? And I want to be a doctor. I want to be an airplane pilot. I, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be this. I want to be that. And, you know, we had aspirations, but we could not be those things. And we were years away from becoming those things. Even when we were older and we had a better grip on our, our our futures with regard to what we wanted to do and it was more realistic or we were executing what we said when we were younger, whatever the case might be. And even at that state, you're, you're still not in a position to 
shed light from an expert level for those who were trying to grow and expand themselves. So this is a thing that's caused a lot of problems in the U.S. community. I mean, because the same thing applies to a mentor. You 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 want to you have these dreams because there are people who have dreams of being a mentor. They want to be a mentor, but I challenge you: don't worry about trying to be a mentor before it's it's time. You don't want to do that, uh, but take that time to work on yourself. Direct your energy in the right place. Work on yourself. You've got plenty of time to be a mentor. So get yourself together, and as, the more you build yourself, and the more you you get that acumen and that skill, that knowledge that you get all these things together, the more you are equipping yourself to be a mentor. When the time comes, you you can be a mentor, but don't, don't rush out and do anything too quickly. Next, a mentor should have an exemplary track record. Again, something that people who just started doing UX yesterday do not have. People who just started doing UX two years ago do not have this. Do they have something to share with those that are starting? Yeah, yeah. Usually they're stories, but but as you'll find out in a few moments, there's still a, the vision at that state is too short. And, and so there's only so much that people like that can do. So you want to be careful with, with that and trying to be a mentor before it's time because it's going to backfire with you. You're going to get frustrated. When you get people coming out of the woodwork pulling on you, you're going to be frustrated when you realize that you have uh, a very difficult time trying to uh, find time for yourself, you're you're going to be very frustrated. So just wait. You got plenty of time to become a mentor, and when the time is right, you'll be able to do it. And by then, by the time you do, you'll have the exemplary track record, and you'll have this huge repository of experiences to draw on to share with your mentees. And now you're giving back to the UX community, that person is being built up. But if you do it too soon, you don't really have a lot to share at that point. So people who are doing that, they're fooling themselves and they're fooling the mentees. And the mentees are just, they're just eager. Uh, and that eager beaver thing is dangerous anyway, because when you're too eager of a beaver, you're you're not being very much of a critical thinker. So it sort of puts you in a position to be very vulnerable to being a victim. So, so don't do that. You want to, you want somebody who has an exemplary track record. If you're going to be a mentor, you need the exemplary track record. Again, wait, there's time to become a mentor. Next quality and trait, selflessness. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to combine this with generosity, which is one that's a a little bit lower on my list, but I'm going to, I'm going to combine selflessness and generosity because mentoring is about giving of self. I mean, first you need something in your cupboard, so to speak. I use a uh, the the example of a person who wants to have people over to eat. You do have to have things in your refrigerator. You do have to have things in your cupboard. You cannot serve food. You cannot serve a meal if you don't have the resources on hand before people come into your abode, so to speak. So, but when you do have it, when you do have this information, when you do abound in experience and resources and, and a knowledge repository of your own in UX, a pretty broad one, but you're just willing to give of yourself for the good of the people who are partaking of it, that's a quality that mentors need. I want to give of myself. My cupboards are full. 
metaphorically speaking, of all types of information. All t- I've gone through all types of hardships. I've experienced all types of challenges. I've dealt with the, the unsupportive stakeholder. I have seen the marketing department who, who doesn't want to go along with what we were doing. I've, I've seen the developers that insist on giving us designs or giving them designs before it's time and trying to manage those relationships because, folks, I got news for you. We don't spend all of our time doing quote-unquote UX work. We spend a great deal of our time managing scenarios just like the ones that I mentioned. So when you talk to a mentor who has these experiences, has a track record, has the the repository to draw from, but and they're willing to give of self and are very generous to do so, phenomenal qualities to have. You need to be in that position mentally and in your heart. Uh, and so then when you have something to give, first and foremost, and then you're willing to give, now we're talking. These are great traits that we need to have have handy. The next thing we have, and I sort of been alluding to it a bit, is that of perspective. Perspective, again, comes with time. The, the more you've been doing UX, the more scenarios you've been exposed to, the more situations you've encountered, the more types of personas in, in the working world you have been, you have engaged with and collaborated with, the more of these scenarios you, you're, you've been in, the way that you view things continues to broaden. The more experience you get, the broader of a perspective you have. And that's going to come in handy when, when it's time to share and to grow that mentee. When the time comes to give them direction, you'll be able to do so because your experience is so broad that you have all these different things you've observed and been subjected to and overcome. Uh, and now to have that generosity in place and be willing to share it, oh, that is just worth its weight in gold. People who are limited don't have the perspective. They can only say and do so much. And that becomes problematic. And that's why you gotta have some degree of experience before you can start doing this. You, I, man, I, I'm just reminded about a person I saw again, similar to what I mentioned earlier. It's another one of those upstart situations. The person had zero experience. Forget about three months. This person had zero experience in UX and launched a service to give people career advice, to help them launch an optimal career in UX. How much perspective do you think a person that has zero experience? And I'm not talking a person that has maybe zero experience in UX, but a lot of experience in the creative world. We're not talking about a person who has zero experience in UX, but has a ton of business experience. I'm talking about a person that just got out of the bathtub, so to speak, again, metaphorically speaking, and, and, and didn't even get out of the bathtub. Matter of fact, they just walked past the, the bathtub and they want to give people advice because they just, they're just interested in giving people advice. They, they have no qualifications. They have no perspective. And, and it appears to be that they're selfless when actually that's selfish. Because if you're trying to give people advice and you're not qualified to give the advice, you can't possibly, that, that's not generous because you don't want, your cupboards are bare, folks. You, you can't, your refrigerator is empty. And no, you can't call DoorDash, so to speak. You can't, you can't call a food delivery service, the metaphorical food delivery service. You're supposed to have this knowledge and information and acumen up front. 
before you start mentoring somebody, before you start helping them with their career. So anytime you see something like that, caveat emptor folks, let the buyer beware. Don't opt into a situation like that because it's not about you in that case, which is what a mentor-mentee relationship is about. It's about the mentee and it's about vaulting the mentee forward. And if somebody doesn't have what they need and they're willing to put themselves out there as if they do, you're about to be taken advantage of, folks. You're about to become a, a, a little check mark on someone's count list. You're, you're about to become a little scratch mark on somebody's belt, a notch on their belt because you're another person that they talk to when it actually should be a, there should be a big gigantic zero there. So, so don't, don't, don't be fooled by what appears to be a lot of benevolence. Uh, if the person isn't qualified, they can't be benevolent. You can't give what you don't have. That's simply put, a person can't give what they don't have. So perspective is key. And the, the more experience you have, the greater perspective you will have. And then now you can go out and you can share it. Next, a person has to have a sense of realism combined with enthusiasm. And there's a lot of people who, th this whole positive thinking thing is not based on reality. It's based on wishful thinking and it's based on what somebody wants to be. Now, if you want to be something, that's not necessarily a problem. The problem with wishful thinking is when it becomes unrealistic. Now, can you learn UX in, in six months? No. I, I saw a situation once where someone said you can learn UX in nine days. Can you learn it in nine days? No, you can't. I saw someone who said that we got this program set up. You pay us X number of thousand dollars. We're going to help you to become confident in UX. Uh, I got news for you. There's people been doing UX for three years and they'll tell you that they struggle with confidence. You're not going to gain confidence in three months, six months. Just learn UX. <laughs> just, just concentrate on continuing to build yourself and always working to build yourself. Don't, don't put a time frame on it or anything like that. But, you know, so, so people, they paint these unrealistic pictures and then they want you to plug into it. They want you to to subscribe to and embrace these things, but they're not realistic. Uh, the whole toxic positivity thing. Oh, always see the good in yourself. That That's what some folks call, or what's known as, I should say, a Pollyanna mentality, seeing the good in everybody, seeing the good in everything. When the truth is, if there's something that's a part of that scenario that is a problem or a threat, you actually need to then take care of that problem or that threat in order to achieve success. So from that perspective, if there's a nail in your tire, borrowing from my own blog post, if there's a nail in your tire, you need to get the nail out and you either need to patch that, that hole or you need to replace that tire. But you don't keep driving on that, on that tire with the nail in it thinking that things are gonna be okay. That's toxic positivity. So, so you must be realistic, and but you must also be enthusiastic. And you're going to find out why these are so critical as we continue to proceed here. But it, be real, be honest, be transparent. Don't don't be a person who wants to tell a mentee what they want to hear because that actually does way more damage than a lot of people think. So hey, you need to do a better job. Here's here's some ways that you can improve the way that you wireframe. Here are some things that you can do to help 
broaden your perspective on UX research and how you can how you can improve your your acumen in that area. Here are some things that you can do to improve your listening skills so that when you are interviewing with someone, if you are going through a contextual inquiry, this is how you go about doing that so you would optimize not only your performance in that contextual inquiry, but you could help make sure that you're managing bias in those situations and not getting in the way of the participants, which could in turn cause detrimental impact to the data that you're receiving. So so you got to be willing to tell people, don't just say, hey, you did a good job on A, B, and C. Forget about D, E, and F. We're not going to talk about that. If, if you're not willing to make the tough statement, you're not going to truly succeed as a mentor, no matter what somebody tells you or gives you a pat on the back because you've been mentoring, you've delivered 300 hours of mentoring. What does that say about the quality of the mentoring? So so we need to be more adult about this. We need to be more honest. We need to look in the mirror See what you see, face what you see, and deal with what you see. Don't just see it and then put a spin on it and pretend like what you see in the mirror is not there. And and I'm saying that from a perspective not only of yourself, but the way that we engage with a with a mentee. I somebody recently told me I, I did a series recently, or I believe it was just one episode actually, uh, and it was called the fallacy of UX writing. And there are people who follow me on social media. And sometimes I can tell they followed me because it seems like the thing to do uh, because they follow me because somebody else followed me. They don't follow me because they have looked at what I'm saying and doing and recognize the quality and the value of it. And then follow me. They blindly follow me. And, and recently somebody followed me and they reached out and, and I respond to people on a regular basis. As a matter of fact, it's overwhelming at times the amount of, of messages I get, but um, you know, it is what it is, and we respond as best we can. But someone wrote to me, and they said, hey, I'm so happy to be able to connect with you, and I, I, I look forward to learning more from you. Hey, what tips can you give me to help me? Because I really would love to become a UX writer. And I wrote back to the person, and I said, wow. I said, well, th- first, thanks for connecting, but I'm willing to tell the person the truth. I'm, I, I didn't say that to be mean when I did that podcast, and it's not mean. If if you think it's mean, then that's because you want it to be mean. There's nothing mean about anything that I'm saying. But I told this person, I got. I'm sorry to have to be the one to let you know. I mean, I, I wish you had known this on your own uh, without me having to tell you this. But uh, UX writing isn't a thing. And, and then I sent the person a link to that podcast so they can they can hear it. They can hear me elaborate on it because I wasn't going to be able to do it in that setting. Uh, but then the person never responded, never said anything else. And it'll be, it, it's something when people hear that thing to sort of bust their bubble. But a lot of people need to have their bubbles burst. And there's a lot of people who are coming into UX today, which makes this mentor-mentee thing even tougher. There are a lot of people that are coming into UX today. They're bright-eyed, they're bushy-tailed, and and they just they're just overly eager, and they don't realize what they're getting into, and they don't realize that a lot of information that they are seeing is actually misinformation. And so that means that you need to be flushed of that. You need to be you, you need to be rid of that as quickly as possible. Or the longer it's in your life, the longer it's a part of who you are, part of your foundation, the more uh, of the potential, the greater potential you're going to have, the greater need 
you'll have for a cognitive enema later. We don't want you to have to do that. Unlearn it now. I, I tell new UXers regularly, drop the UX UI thing. A lot of new UXers, they just buy into it. And UX UI, UX UI, UX UI, UX UI, UX UI, UX UI, UX UI. And we tell them quickly, okay, well, I've told people, the first thing I want to do, I want to give you a plus right now. Uh, we're going to stop saying UX UI and we're going to understand the difference between the two. Let's drive that because if you 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 have that as part of your foundation and you go forward, you are creating problems for yourself. You are creating problems for the discipline. You're creating problems for everybody else that's going to listen to you. So let's get rid of that. And, and uh, But a lot of people, they get shocked when they hear that. So they have no idea that they're coming into a discipline that is a very... Uh, how can I say it's a very uh, hostile arena right now? There's a lot going on in UX that shouldn't be going on. There's a lot of infighting, frankly, amongst people in UX. There's a lot of people who who think that when you tell them the truth that you're being mean, and then they go and they they want to drink a bunch of arsenic laden, laden Kool Aid after that. Again, cognitively speaking, not a good thing. Uh, we don't want to do that. We don't want to be that. Uh, we can't make anybody. Stop doing those things. All we can do is share the truth. But that's the arena that people are getting into. They're coming into a discipline that's really only roughly 20 years old. And no, that doesn't mean that UX is new. It just means it's 20 years old. And, and there has been a lot that's, that has been accomplished. There have been pioneers in this field. There is a way to do the work. There is a way to approach things. And when people come into UX, uh, ironically, a lot of mentors are not telling their mentees any of these things that I'm telling you, which means that they're they're limited to how much they're going to be able to impact those mentees. But there are so many things going on in UX that people need to understand because when you come into UX, you have to learn how to navigate things. I just talked about perspective a few moments ago, so I'm giving you some perspective uh, right now. When you gain that perspective it helps you to navigate it helps you to avoid issues and you can continue to go forward but if you don't know about these things uh then you will and can easily become victimized by the same things and and some people are assimilated to such an extent that they become completely blind to it and they continue to go forward and they bring other people in and then they just duplicate themselves and now we got more problems but at any rate again make sure that that you have that realism, but you must be enthusiastic. Somebody who's excited about being able to help people and build people. That's good. But if you don't have the realism, the perspective, the selflessness, the exemplary track record and the knowledge that pr to precede that enthusiasm, then that enthusiasm is, is just, it's just uh, paper excitement. It, it doesn't really mean anything. It's a matter of time before you go down the wrong street. Zeal without knowledge, folks. That's a dangerous picture. You don't want to be a part of that kind of camp because if you have zeal without knowledge, now you don't have a checkpoint. You don't have points of reference. You don't have anything to ground you. You don't have anything, any constraints. You don't have any lines on the lanes of the, the in, in the this journey that you're trying to make. So you don't know how to how to govern yourself in accordance with the principles needed to advance. And 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 it's gonna hurt. After a while, it's going to be something you're not going to be happy about. So if you want to be a mentor, be realistic, uh, combine it with that enthusiasm. And now, because you're willing to say what needs to be said, you're, you you have a, a solid and a sober understanding of what's going on, you can share that with that mentee, and now they can develop that same 
mindset. And now those kind of people don't have regrets about things like that. So critical stuff. Next, you need to be an active listener. You, you need to be willing to hear what people are saying in their entirety. Don't be one of those people that's instead of listening to digest, there are some people that are listening so they can understand when to talk. There are people that will talk over you in a heartbeat. There are people who want to be mentors and they have no idea what you said. They don't understand anything that's going on because they don't pay attention. They don't know. And so being an active listener involves not only listening, but confirming what you've heard so that that understanding is accurate. You don't want to respond in a way that really comes across as just either being not being not responding in a skillful way, not responding in an in an in an accurate way, or or overreacting. Be an active listener so that you you fully understand what preceded the forthcoming actions on your part. Then when you when you mentor people, you're able to do what they need instead of what you're thinking, just overwhelmed with your own personal bias and giving somebody what you want them to have instead of what they need. So be an active listener. Next, you need to have high levels of constructivism. This might be one of the most important elements on this list of qualities and traits, uh, especially in this day and time where I, I looked at several lists. I mean, this is my list. I didn't get this from anywhere, but I did want to want to look around and see what other people said about what it takes to be a good mentor. And something that popped up on several lists was that if you want to be a good mentor, you can't be judgmental. I don't think people know what being judgmental is or, or they, they take the word judgmental and they throw it out there as this thing that has a negative connotation. And then you turn around and tell somebody they need to be um, have a, a high, what I've got here, they want needs to be good at giving constructive criticism. If you can't judge, you can't give constructive criticism, can you? I mean, I know the answer to that question, but I, I'm thinking folks out there recognize how silly that is. So, and you hear people all the time, oh, don't be judgy. Um, what do you call a design critique when you bring your designs and the rest of the team is looking at it? They're judging your work. They're providing insights and feedback based on their own recognizance of the discipline, sharing expertise, giving back, telling you what they think about what they see, and then you can dialogue about it. That's an act of judgment, folks. Judgment's not a bad thing when it's done with accuracy, when it's done professionally, when it's done with the person who's receiving the constructive words at heart, their well-being is at the forefront. That's not a problem, folks. And if you don't have high levels of constructivism, if you don't have excellence in judgment, uh, then you're not going to succeed as a mentor. I don't care what you did that somebody said vaulted them forward. You have to have high levels of constructivism so you understand what needs to be built, what's good, what's not good, what needs to be tweaked, what can we do to get better, uh, what can I do to grow, what can I do to expand my, my own horizons and perspectives. That's the constructivism that's needed. Without it, nobody's going to grow, folks. So all it is, don't be judgy or don't be judgmental stuff, is for the birds. It feeds into this mindset 
that a lot of people have today where they only want to hear good things. Uh, the whole mindset where, you know, it's the whole, I call it the participation trophy mindset. You don't want to be one of those people. Don't be the participation trophy person. Let's do this thing for real, right? Let's do it for real. You also have to have high levels of bias management. That Biases will pop up with any of us at almost any given time. But the more, and I'll blend in EQ with this because you need a high EQ as well. When you have a higher EQ, the higher your EQ is, the more you can recognize when there are biases at work with you or with the mentee. And then now, because of that, you can manage your biases and you can manage the mentee's bias all for the purpose of vaulting the perspective uh, or the, the, the mentee forward. Uh, vault the, the mentee forward, help them to develop, help them to grow, help them to be better at seeing themselves. Oh, that's another one. You, you have to have the ability to help people develop a strong sense of introspection. That's one that, not on the list, but yeah, you got to be able to do that too. And if you're worried about being judgy, you're not going to be able to do that. If you don't have a high level of bias management, you're not going to be able to do that. You're going to infuse somebody with toxic positivity, which wastes your time and it hurts them in the long run. Not a good thing, folks. So we don't want to do that today. Here's a big one that some folks uh, might maybe a word it a different way. This is just the way I chose to word it. You want to embrace non-reciprocal investment. And this is associated with selflessness and generosity that I've already mentioned have a frame of mind that you you love investing in people. You love helping to make them better, but you do it with no strings attached. You do it and you're not looking for accolades. You're not looking for uh, coffee money. I heard somebody doing that recently. When somebody gives you, gives you a mentoring session, you should at least get them a cup of coffee. We don't need to do anything. The let's take, again, the mentees forward. It's not about the mentor at all. So we don't want to try any strings to it. We don't, we don't need any reciprocation. We don't need you to demonstrate you, you. We don't need you to get us a magazine subscription. We don't need you to give us a ticket to, in, to some event. We don't need any of those things. It's just all about the mentee going forward. And, and, and we should be so happy to see somebody go forward that that is our reward. When we see the person excel, when we see the person succeed. When we see the person vault forward, that's my reward. When we see the person get that job, when we see the person get the interview, this is when we, we, we are happy. This is when we celebrate, but we don't do it to get anything back from these people. So just be ready to give of yourself with no strings attached. How about that today? Diplomacy. This involves the willingness to say what needs to be said but do it in a professional way. And, and I, I need to sort of caveat this a little bit because something else that happens a lot, especially in social media, is that people read something and they ascribe, usually through their own bias, their own anxieties, sometimes through cynicism, they apply a voice and a tone that is not what, it, it doesn't accurately reflect what's going on in the heart and mind of the person who shared what they shared. It, it, it doesn't have to be something that's typed into a LinkedIn post or a tweet. It could be an actual discussion. People will take things the wrong way 
if they're cynical, if they have an inferiority complex, people will take things the wrong way and then the dynamics just go askew. So as a mentor, though, be willing to say what needs to be said, despite how some people might react, because you could package what you have to say any way that you that you want to or any you could make it put it a put a bow on it, put some sugar on top of it, do anything. If somebody has those those EQ red flags at work in their lives, um, no matter what you say, they're going to have trouble receiving it. So so be willing to say what needs to be said, but do it in a way that's professional, a way that's easy for somebody to to digest it, even if they don't digest it for a week. You should still present it in a way that uh, that reflects skill, that reflects acumen on your part, your your ability. You have to be a good communicator. There's one we didn't really say, but we'll we'll sort of uh, group that in with diplomacy, if you will, because diplomacy most of the time is going to come out through the way you communicate. So when you communicate to people the right way, uh, you're going to be in a, in a good position. So uh, you want to be a mentor, make sure that you're a good diplomat. If you're the person is always trying to spare somebody's feelings, you're simply not ready to be a mentor. Uh, we're not shooting you down and saying you can't do anything. We're saying that you're not ready. And so if you're not ready, then go and get ready. But if you're one of those people that won't tell somebody what they need to hear, then that means you're willing to watch the person suffer. So which one is it going to be? So that's the list, folks. That's the list. And I'll wrap up today with an addendum. And I'm going to go through the addendum pretty quick. Um, Because somebody is going to, going to have questions about some of these and and some of these agenda items are they're based on questions I've heard in the past or conversations I've heard in the past so someone will wonder about experience well what's a good length of experience for a good mentor and it's easy for me to say at least a minimum of five years that's what I would say in general but five years for one person based on where they worked and the type of work they have done might be equivalent to two years for someone else. So I, I wanna I wanna discourage people from putting a time frame on that experience because it's just a number and it's it's more about what the person has done as opposed to how long they've done it. So don't don't measure the the mentor based on time. But if a person's only been doing UX for two years, yeah, yeah, and we know that that's too short. Three years is too short. Four years, you're barely in, in a position to be a mentor. Some people try to pull it off, and I've seen some people do do good job at that level. I know Tolu, uh, one of the people who has been on the show, she hasn't been doing UX work for a long time, but the way she got into the work, hey, Tolu, <laughs> the way she's gotten into the work, what she did, it actually caused her to grow faster. And you can hear it, the way she talks, the things that she does. So she's an outlier, though. Tolu is an outlier. A lot of people who have the same length of experience don't have, don't demonstrate the same mastery. So you're not going to get the same mastery. And, folks, there are a lot of people out there that claim to be seniors, by the way, and they're not. So just because somebody says they're a senior, that may not be the case at all. So so uh, look at how they how they demonstrate this. So I met another person this past week. Uh, another an, another example. The person is a senior. They actually haven't been doing the work for a long time, but boy, have they do they do they demonstrate uh, an awesome passion? They're great at the work that they do. They're thorough. They don't. They have the EQ to go along with it. 
But again, that person's an outlier. I'm not going to share that person's name with you. Uh, that person, they're going to know who they are when they hear this. And I know they listen to the show, but that person is, they're an outlier. Outliers don't dictate direction. Outliers are, these are one-offs. These are, these are, are things that only happen every once in a while. And we don't want these things. These, these things don't become the way by which we prescribe or, or judge our norms. So, so keep that in mind, but, but yeah, the, the, the timeline thing, it's a thing, but it's not a thing. So don't, don't let the time frame or the timeline dictate to you whether or not somebody is a mentor or not. But if somebody's barely been doing UX, you don't even need, you don't need to know what the timeline is or, or apply timeline to that from the perspective of, oh, maybe they're an outlier from, from that angle. Uh, if they've only been doing this for two years, eh, you know, the, the run of the mill, the average person, uh, not long enough. Go and, go and get some more perspective and come back and let's try it again. Um, the person must have more than the desire to mentor. We we spoke to this just a little bit. If the person only has a, if a desire to mentor and it's greater than their qualifications as a mentor, uh, it's time to slow the roll on that one. It's time, it's time to pull back. You're not ready to mentor if your desire exceeds your capability and your qualifications. And if you're a mentee, and somebody really, really wants to be your mentor, but they really haven't earned the right to be that, then for your sake, you need to back up. Uh, you, you can you can wait. And, and we've said before, this whole mentor thing, and I'm saying it here and there, is it really as important as people say it is? I'm going to tell you it's not. Not not the way they're doing it, because they're saying you need a mentor, and then you go outside. What, what, what kind of, this is just ridiculous. You, you go outside of your team to find a mentor. I believe I've already said this. The best mentor is going to be on your actual team. You should not have to go outside of your own company to find a mentor. And if you have to go outside of your company to find a mentor, uh, folks, frankly, there's something wrong with your UX team. I'm just going to say it here. There's something wrong with your UX team. And and, and if people in, in house are trying to mentor you and can't, there's something wrong with your UX team. So just, just telling you here now, um, you should be, I, I already alluded to this, once, you need to be a person who finds joy in the success of others. Uh, people with inferiority complexes struggle with that. Or, the, or people who only find joy in the success of others when the successful people all worked with them, but they're not happy for other people who have success. That, no, that, no, we don't need, we don't need that. Just be happy when other people are successful. If you're not happy when other people are successful, if you're a jealous individual, if you're an envious individual, you're not going to make for a good mentor, period, 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 period. Uh, we alluded to this already. You got to have a high emotional quotient. You need to be sound in emotional intelligence because that puts you in a position to, to manage and deal with the relationships because a mentor-mentee dynamic is that of a relationship. And, and so uh, you need to be strong in EQ, especially when you consider the fact that you're not just going to have one mentee, more than likely, and everybody has different needs and they're all over the place, and you need to be able to shift and move. You need to be flexible. You need to be able to pivot based on the needs of the mentees. And so if you are low on the EQ uh, stratosphere, so to speak, uh, you are going to struggle with that. So the higher your EQ is, the better position you're going to be. And then lastly, a person must understand the landscape of UX, folks. 
if a person doesn't understand UX or their understanding is is uh, quite minimal, which is reflective of a low amount of experience, they're not really in a position to to be a mentor. So um, here are some of the red flags that come along with that that people might miss. Uh, there are people who say that UX is new. I, I said earlier, UX is little 20 plus years old, UX as we know it. Uh, even though it wasn't called UX back then, it's still the same thing, still same family, still same discipline. There are people that talk about, they literally will say that UX is new, like it just started in the last year or two. And when they do that, they dismiss all of the things that happened prior to that. And just like if you're studying art, you need to learn art history. No, When you're studying something, you need to understand the history of that thing. And a lot of people are getting into UX and they don't know the history. And when they don't know the history of UX, then they are doomed to really gravitate toward the misinformation that's really, um, really making a, a lot of, or has a lot of traction, I should say, in the world of UX. So you've got to be careful about that kind of stuff. So if somebody who's claimed to be a mentor thinks UX is new, keep stepping, keep moving. If a person's experience is limited to startups, and that doesn't mean that startups is bad or anything like that, but it's that if you only worked in a startup, if a mentor has only worked in a startup, that means their perspective is minimal. And so when a person has minimal perspective, you're, you're, you've got a mentee, a mentor who's working in startups and you work at a Fortune 1000 company, guess what they're not going to be able to speak to? Guess what they're not going to be able to help you with? So, so it's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean the person's a bad UXer. It just means that the perspective is minimal. And, and there is a mentor-mentee compatibility dynamic that maybe they could help somebody else if they've got five years, but they've only been in startups, but they're going to have a hard time helping you. And, and you don't want somebody having you fix something that's not broken. I mean, I've been doing UX for 27 years and people unsolicited and unneeded try to give me advice and don't understand what's going on with me or what I need in a given situation. And I love when somebody has something good to say or good to recommend, but if they say something that's bad, that's destructive. So you need, nope, not accepting that, not doing that. Uh, that person has no perspective. I need to recognize when the person giving me advice doesn't have any perspective. I need to recognize when somebody's trying to gaslight me. Yes, that does happen when people try to help you folks. Sometimes people try to gaslight you and it's becoming way too common uh, these days. But say, nope. Not going to accept that. Move on, move on, move on. If the person who wants to be your mentor or the person you've selected to be your mentor is a person who is desirous of the limelight, that person is not going to be a good mentor because they're helping you is actually helping to to build their name. They turn around and they'll boast about how many people. You ever seen that? I have helped 50,000 people. I have helped 200,000 people. Who's counting? <laughs> just just help. I mean, there are some numbers that are sort of cool, but like that, did you really help 200,000 people? And where are they? I, I, I'm not going to boast about how many people I helped if I can't have some type of metrics that let me know the quality of the help that was provided. So I just provide the help and we move on. And some people will give me feedback and I rejoice with them. I'm excited with them and we move on. But, but you know, are, are you really trying to make yourself some kind of a star? So no, 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 that, that kind of stuff is not good. And these last two are going to hit hard, but they have to be said because it is happening. 
if the person who claims to be your mentor or wants to be your mentor or that you've chosen for a mentor, I'm going to group these two together, is either a plagiarist or a troll, you are in trouble. You are about to be a victim. There are people who steal things from other people. I mentioned this earlier. And then they present it as if it's their thoughts. They present it as if it's their idea. They present it as if they really have a lot of insight and they want to share all this great insight with you when truth of the matter is that they stole it from someone else and are not attributing it. So that's what plagiarism is. You you took something that someone else's original thought, someone else's intellectual property, and you present it as if it is your own. That is plagiarism. You can get kicked out of school for that kind of stuff in the university folks and folks are doing this. However, today in, in UX as if they're getting paid for it. And some people probably are getting paid for it. So uh, I, I remember once I actually shared a, it was the, the one blog post I have about overcoming UX ambiguity. And I shared this post. Someone took, I, I paid for some royalty free art to use with my blog post. A person liked it so much that they took my royalty-free art that I paid for, they didn't pay for it. I paid for it. I had to pay to use that. They took my art, customized it for their own, and then had the audacity to share it on LinkedIn where I could see it. Like I wasn't going to say anything, but the, the circles that they run in, they, they, they're a bunch of plagiarists, so they don't, they don't, they're not thinking anything of it. And I told the person, you can't do that. Hey, that's my art that I used, and I used it for this, and you did the same thing and just changed some of the words around and did some other things to make it your own. You might have an idea you're trying to communicate, but you need to go find some other assets, <laughs> not, not the ones that, that I have here, to express yourself. And then the person agreed, and they turned around and they did it again right after that, and I had to block the individual because the person was a plagiarist and apparently a professional plagiarist. The trolls... On the other hand, are the people who go around, they start fights, they incite people, they, they just like to, uh, to, to just agitate. They're not trying to really do anything to help anybody along. Uh, trolls are not truthful. A lot of the traits I mentioned earlier, they're not selfless. They don't have any perspective. They don't have an exemplary track record. They just like to just, just fuss and scream and complain and, and, and just start all types of foolishness. Funny thing about trolls is that if a troll posts something to social media that's not accurate and you call them out and you prove that it's not accurate, they never come back and acknowledge, ah, oh, I was wrong. Thank you for that. You'll never hear a troll say that because they just run and they hide and then they go to someone else's conversation and they start the same thing again. A person who wants to be a mentor doesn't plagiarize a real mentor, they won't plagiarize, and they don't go around trolling people. So if the person that you have chosen to be a mentor, when you, you may not know it when it happens, but if you eventually find out that the person is guilty of plagiarism and you eventually find, find evidence that the person is trolling other people, especially other UXers, and some of those people, those trolls, they usually target people like me uh, people like Debbie Levitt, people like Dr. Nick, uh, uh, like some of the people that I have on the show, they get targeted.
because people just don't like it or they're angry about something they said or they're they're just bitter or whatever the case may be. I know people who claim to be mentors that are plagiarists and trolls. That limits, practically eliminates their ability to be that positive and desirable force in your life. And if you're not careful, they will infect you. One of the reasons why you can't engage with people like that, they will infect you with the same problem that they've got. And the next thing you know, and I've seen it, you'll start to duplicate the same behaviors and you don't even realize it. You'll start to duplicate the same behaviors. So folks, that's the end of the addendum. This is what it takes to be a real mentor, mega extended version. I don't usually go an hour when it's just me, but we had to get all of this out today. I think it's critical that we get this information out. We need to demystify mentoring because people just say mentor and folks just go and nobody defines it. Nobody understands what's happening. Nobody really, really has a sense of standards around mentoring or qualifications. And they just say, hey, you want to be a mentor? Just go. And it doesn't work like that, folks. And and as people try to oversimplify UX and try to knock down barriers, what they perceive to be barriers, when really we need standards, there are standards of excellence that we must subscribe to if we're going to bring value and have this be a respected discipline. If, if people continue to usher in aspects of design anarchy and folks continue embracing these things and fighting against people like me and the things that we're saying and doing, that is going to detrimentally impact the discipline and, and even the people who support folks who do that. That's happening today too. Folks don't realize how that's going to play out in the long run. So again, I, as always, I hope you found this helpful today. If you're out there looking for a mentor and you needed these guidelines, I hope this helps you to stay out of harm's way. If you're looking to be a mentor, I hope you're not moving too fast and I hope you qualify yourself and don't just become a mentor because somebody's willing to approve you to be a mentor. That's not enough. And some of the people who have started programs like this aren't qualified to do it. And some people know they're not fully qualified, but they connect with other people that are. So they get guidance and they execute it. I love what user wizard is doing over in Europe. They're doing some phenomenal stuff with mentoring. Then there's some other people. They're just, I don't know what's going on with them, but, but they're not really interested in the, the, the well-being of the discipline in this podcast, this individual you're listening to right now, I'm set for the excellence of the discipline. That's what we need to do. That's what we need to embrace. And so everything we do to build and to take ourselves in that direction must be carefully understood and planned out so that we make sure that we don't have any missteps. We don't hit any potholes. We need to do this thing the right way. We need to understand what mentoring is. We need to understand who should be a mentor, who should not be a mentor, who is a mentor, who's not a mentor. Let's do this thing right so that we can always, always reflect the value and the integrity and the ethics of the discipline as a whole, folks. So that is all the time that we have for today. Thanks for taking the time to tune in on today, folks. Share the podcast with other folks. There are folks sharing all types of stuff that's, that's garbage. How about we share something good for a change? How about we help something good go viral? Uh, share it with your friends, your UX friends, those who are up and coming in UX. You want stuff that's going to help you really flourish? I'm trying to give you and, and present to you 
that type of information so you can be what it is that you're aspiring to be of a truth. So it's time to sign off. But until next time, folks, this is the host of the World of UX, Darren Hood. Happy UXing, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.